I want to say Happy New Year to all of you. I'm not sure if you're tired or awake after all the festivities over the, over the holidays, but today uh, it's going to be an important day of, of teaching because it's something that we are going to embark on as a congregation uh, starting tomorrow uh, as a 21-day uh, fast in prayer uh, where we set aside these next 21 days to focus in on God and surrender to Him uh, to trust in Him, to know that He's our sustainer, and really just to die to the flesh is what it's going to amount to so that we can keep our eyes fixed on, on Him. Uh, now, uh, probably January 1st it started, tens of thousands, if not millions around the world uh, have, created, have created some plans, right? Some New Year's resolutions. They're going to get more fit, uh, they're going to eat better, they're going to get financially fit, whatever it may be. Uh, some of them said, I'm going to start at the gym this week, I found that to be true. Our gym that I go to is just packed with people, and I'll give it about two weeks, and then all the treadmills will be open. I'll get a bit on any one of them that I want uh, here before you know it. Uh, but another thing that's going to happen uh, is there's tens of thousands, and I would probably argue millions, around the world that, spiritually speaking, are going to get fit as well. And they're going to dedicate the beginning of this year and lay a foundation uh, in the area of fasting and prayer. I want to read a quote from Bill Bright, uh, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. He said, fasting is the most powerful spiritual discipline of all the Christian disciplines. Through fasting and prayer, the Holy Spirit can transform your life. For those of you that have spent any amount of time in fasting and prayer, I can tell you that every time I've done it, I've grown closer to God. And if we give any other reason today or talk about any other fast in the Bible that you connect with, that in and of itself is a reason to jump all in and to say, I want to grow closer to God over these next 21 days. Bill says, or Bill goes on and says, fasting and prayer uh, can also work on a much grander scale. Listen to this. According to Scripture, personal experience and observation, I'm convinced that when God's people fast with proper biblical motive, Seeking his face, not his hand, right? It's what we do a lot. With a broken, repentant, and contrite heart, God will hear from heaven and heal our lives, our churches, our communities, our nation and world. Fasting and prayer can bring about revival. A change in the direction of our nation. We just heard a prayer about that. The nations of earth and the fulfillment of the Great Commission, which that's what we are all about as Centerville Community Church. We're a Great Commission-minded church. The awesome power can be released through you as you fast through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. Prayer and fasting is powerful. And as you read through Scripture, there's private fasting that you'll see. People seeking God for healing. uh, Seeking God for direction. Seeking God for clarity. Matthew 6 teaches that when we fast privately, that our our God will reward us. We'll read that passage here at the end. But fasting is a big, big deal. And then we also see in the Bible that there's there's called fast or or public fast. That there are times in life, uh, there are situations, there are environments, there are uh, unusual times that cause for something unusual to take place like a fast. And we see it in the Bible called fast take place. And I don't think there's any better time, church, than at the beginning of the year, 2019, 
then we as Centerville Community Church to declare that we're going to go before the Lord with fast and prayer. Uh, Matthew 6, that seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? And all these things will be added to you as well. So at the beginning of this year, what we want to do is, is lay a foundation. Lay a foundation spiritually in our walk with Christ, declaring He's first. Laying a foundation for our family, for our marriages, calling out our children's name before God in prayer and our grandchildren before God in prayer and saying, God, be with them. May they come to salvation one day. That in 2019, we declare, God, you are, you are first. And we're going to seek Him with an unusual, unusual effort. As you read through the Bible, there's some incredible things that took place with fasting and prayer. Some people received divine direction from God about what was next. Some people received opportunities where they, they were able to be helped in the midst of a crisis because they said, I can't do this on my own. And God, I bring this to you right now, and I ask that you would do a work that only you can do. Paul, Apostle Paul in Acts 13, received direction and calling uh, through fasting and through, through prayer. The church in Antioch uh, received a, a, a message, a vision from God. They were serving God. They were worshiping unto God, ministering unto God. And he, he gave them a vision to, to, evangelize, to evangelize the world. Jesus fasted. Moses fasted. Every birthplace of, of something great that God instilled in someone's life almost always happen through prayer and fasting. That God will often reveal what it is next for us through prayer and fasting. If you do a word study on prayer and fasting and, and, and those two ideas that, that, that prayer, for every three times you hear about prayer in the Bible, you hear, you hear once about, about fasting. And fasting seems to be one of those practices that are kind of shoved aside or put underneath the rug and it's not something that the, that the local church today still, still finds as an important practice for them to be a part of. But I believe it is. And today we're going to look at some areas in Scripture where fasting took place. We're going to prepare our hearts and ourselves for what's coming over the next 21 days. Some of you are going to fast in different ways. Some of you will be able to do the Daniel fast. Fruits and veggies and water and that's it. Others of you, because of medical reasons, are going to need to fast the news at 6 o'clock. Or fast the radio or fast social media or whatever it may be that just really doesn't need to be a part of your life for the next 21 days. So that you can lock in and focus in to your walk with Christ. But I want to ask a few questions that are very, very important, tough questions before we ever jump into a fast. And it's a, probably questions you should always ask yourself before you jump in to a fast. And the first one is, what's your motive behind the fast? What is your why for doing the fast? I can appreciate that you'll lose some weight, right? Uh, but that can't be the primary reason that you, that you jump into that you jump into a fast. I appreciate that you'll probably feel better. Uh, there's all kinds of medical studies out there that, that talks about that, that it will detoxify your body and, and help with the digestive tract and all of that kind of stuff. But that alone can't be the reason for you jumping into the fast. It's not to get in your clothes again after Christmas and after New Year's. But what is the reason behind your fast? What is the motive behind the fast? Why are you, why are you doing it? And we'll read a scripture here in a little bit where we see God himself question his people of, hey, why are you doing this? The second huge question that we could ask ourselves are, or what are your specific needs that you're fasting for? 
Almost always and every time in Scripture when somebody fasted, they fasted for something specific. Uh, They fasted for for their family. They fasted because they were in a troubling time or or they were in a crisis. They fasted for their finances or they, they fasted for their children, right? Or for a health concern. Or they had no idea what was next. So they would fast for for clarity of, God, what are you calling me to, right? But never any time in Scripture were they just fasting, not knowing what they were fasting for. At the end of service today, as we go through communion, at the end of your pews, there's a white card uh, in the inside of each row. And you can pass those down as we go. And I would love, love, love if you would, during this service at some point, if you're going to be a part of this great fast, to write down a reason or maybe a specific couple reasons of why you are joining into this fast. What is God, what are you asking God specifically for? Don't write your name on it. And then at the end of service, we have two black boxes on the high top tables. You can throw them in and we're going to utilize those over the next coming week messages to, to share what our church is going through. And we're not using names, but just to talk about how we as a church are seeking God in these, in these, various, in these various areas. So what are you fasting? What are you fasting for? And then a third question we could ask ourselves is, during this fast, are you determined to worship God during it? Are you determined to pray during the fast? Are you determined every day for 21 days straight? As crazy as this may be, it may be the first 21 days in a row for some of us to actually pick up our Bible and read it. Are you determined to do that? To minister unto God? Acts 13, it talked about they, as they were ministering unto the Lord, they prayed and they fasted, right? What does it mean to minister unto the Lord? Uh, during a fast, we're coming to Him. We're saying, God, I'm not coming to You to, to see what I can get from You. My hands aren't out. But God, I'm coming to You with, as Dan shared earlier, some of the big questions at the beginning of the year. How's my heart? God, search me and know me. God, over the next 21 days, I want to minister to You. I want to know You. I desire to fall in love with you more. And God, I ask that you would show up in a powerful, powerful way. Three huge questions to think about as we jump into this next year in this fast. If we're lackadaisical about it, uh, you're probably going to get lackadaisical results. But I believe, church, the more you're focused in, the more serious you are about this fast and, and you chasing after the things of God, the more serious your God will show up in your life and do a, do a mighty, mighty work. I want to read to you Luke 11, verse 9 through 13. Jesus just taught on the Lord's Prayer, and he uses an illustration of us coming to our, coming to our God and asking and seeking and knocking it and just being persevering, right? Through all things, stepping into it. Here's what the message says. I wanted to read it to you because the wording's great. Verse 9, it says, Here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get, Jesus says. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. I love this part. This is not a cat and mouse hide and seek game that we're in. That we come to God with, with all seriousness. Asking Him for specific needs. We worship unto Him during, during the fast. And our motives are pure. Pure that we want to seek after the God in heaven. Zechariah 7 verse 5, it says, Ask the people of the land and the priest, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months, 
For the past 70 years, listen to what God sent a messenger to ask this group of people. Was it really for me that you fasted? The people declared, hey, there's certain times each year that we're going to fast as a group of people. We're going we're to seek God during that moment. And God sends a messenger to them and says, hey, are you, I know you're doing this every year. You're doing it a couple times a year. But are you doing this for me? Did you know we can fast with wrong motives? We can fast with the wrong agenda. And we can fast in such a way that we're not even fasting, we're not even fasting unto God. I love how God comes to this group of people. And He says, man, I love that you're doing this. But is anybody out there hungry for me? Is anybody hungry for my purpose? Is anybody hungry for my, 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 my vision for you? Is anybody hungry for what I have next for you here on this, here on this earth? And God just questions the motive of their fast. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 7. It says, do not be idolaters as some, were, uh, some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they got up to indulge in revelry. Paul's challenging both of these churches, and I'm going to read the Philippians in a second, because there's idols. It's idolatry in their life. Philippians 3 verse 9, we talked about this this last fall. It says, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. They set their mind on earthly things. Paul's saying, Church of Philippians, uh, you guys are living in idolatry. Let me tell you who your God is. Your God's your belly. And you know what fasting does? Fasting refuses to let your belly be your God. Fasting refuses to let all your indulgences of life be your God. Fasting refuses to let all these things that are on this earth that we desire and want and crave to be, to be your God. And Paul says, man, that fasting, what it's going to do, because Philippians and Corinth, you're, you're missing this. It's going to take this flesh that you just keep indulging yourself with. It's going to remove it off the throne. And it's going to put Jesus back where he deserves to be on the throne of your life. He says to the Corinthians as well in verse, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. It says, I discipline my body, Paul says, like an athlete. You guys know what that was like back in the day. Training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. When we fast, we submit our bodies to God. When we fast, we're saying, God, would you cleanse this body? I submit myself to you. Would you cleanse me of sin? Would, would you cleanse me uh, of idolatry? Would you cleanse me, cleanse me of, of lust of the flesh? Would you cleanse me of anger and resentment and those little things that just keep creeping up into my heart and into my mind that are driving a wedge between you and me and even, and even other, other people? And Paul's acknowledging, man, when we fast, we're submitting our, our bodies, our spirit, our whole heart, our whole heart to God. I want to dive in and share, and here's the deal, I almost feel bad sharing these seven areas of fasting in the Bible because we, we don't have any time to unpack any of them, really. So we're just going to give you the cliff note version of these just seven areas of fasting that, that are found in Scripture, and you can go find more later on, but these aren't biblically chronological order, um, so we're just going to dive in them, and I encourage you to write down the reference, and over these next 21 days, go read the story in its entirety. 
Because when you do that, it, it blows you away when, when you understand the prayer and fasting aspect that takes place uh, during this particular passage. The first one, write down uh, Esther. Read the whole book of Esther. It's short. You can plow through that pretty quick. Esther 4, verse 16. The story of Queen Esther, one of the fasts that we see in the Bible. He says, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, uh, though it is against the law, I will go and see the king. And if I must die, uh, uh, if, if I must die, I must die. She says, get everybody around me. The only way this is ever going to work out, and I'm going to have favor with the king, is if everybody is fasting and seeking the Lord through prayer. And then, after that happens for three days, I'll take the risk and I'll head in to see if I can have favor uh, with him, right? And we see this as a three-day fast. It's a fast that, 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 that they do when they're in a troubling time or they're in a moment of crisis. We see that particular fast in Scripture when people hit troubling times or crisis. And there may be somebody in here today that your next 21 days, the thing you write down, you're in a troubling time or you're in a crisis. There's a crisis at home. Maybe there's a crisis with one of your kids or one of your grandchildren. Maybe a crisis with work or a crisis with finances. I don't know. But over these next 21 days, God, I specifically call out to you that you would bring clarity, direction. I praise you for the way that you're going to answer that prayer, God. And we see this three-day fast take place. They don't fall to pieces. They don't crack. They don't break down. They simply take it to God in prayer. Maybe it's a crisis of depression or hopelessness. Maybe you know somebody in that place and you intercede on their behalf over these next 21 days uh, as a fast for a crisis that was going on in their life. Go read the rest of the story after they went through this, this fast and this prayer. It's absolutely unbelievable what God did uh, 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 on their behalf and truly on His behalf. The second fast we see that uh, we're going to hand out some cards that has some information about the Daniel fast on the back. Don't make it about all the foods. And don't make it about all, oh, I can and I can't and I should and I shouldn't. Because you'll just, you'll get locked into that and you'll miss Jesus throughout the whole thing. But the Daniel fast in Daniel 10, verse 2 and 3, it says, At that time, I, Daniel, I mourned for three weeks. Uh, three sevens is what it's talking about. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. That's what we're going to be a part of. A three-week fast. A 21-day fast. And if I was to sum up a 21-day fast to you, it's, it's no breads. It's no pasta. It's nothing truly but water and veggies and fruit. And there's a few other things for those of you that like to push the buttons of, and the limits of everything. You can read that. Take one with you. They're on the back table. And they're in the atrium and you can take it with you. It's a 21-day a twenty-one day fast. Not only spiritually... Uh, will it be awesome, but your body will thank you as well when it's over with. Oh, you'll have some headaches on the front end. I've been there. I've done that. And it's tough uh, to get tough spiritually. It can be tough on the flesh once in a while. But this particular fast, it, it, what the results that Daniel got is an angel came to him and said, Oh, beloved Daniel, I've come to give you understanding of the vision. That's what it talks about. You can read the whole story yourself later. It's a great, great story. And here's the thing that I know to be true about every single one of us in Christ. 
I believe that God has an incredible vision and an incredible dream for every single person in this room. That He's got plans. He's got our days numbered and ordered from beginning until end. He's got our our path marked out. And what we do during this 21-day fast is we seek Him, right? We seek Him for understanding of what that is. Uh, Another word, you seek Him for clarity of what that may be in your life, right? Uh, You seek Him for, for, for another word, could be focus of how this is going to take place. You seek Him for the know-how. How do I make this come to fruition in my life, right? The 21-day fast where we seek God for clarity. Some of you are in a spot where you're seeking God. You don't have a clue what's next. In 2019, there's nothing better you could do than lay a foundation of God. I come to you first. And I don't know what's next, and it's as scary as all get out. But I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to chase after the things of God. The third fast we see in Scripture, these are in no order, is a one-day fast. Some of you are saying, I don't even need to hear the Scripture to it. I'll do the one day. Anybody say that, right? From a 21 to a 1. This one-day fast that took place, Leviticus 23, verse 27, says, Then the tenth day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. Hold a sacred assembly and deny yourselves and present a food offering to the Lord. There's another picture of this in Jeremiah 36.6. So that you go to the house of the Lord on the day of fasting and read to the people from the scroll the words of the Lord that you wrote as I dictated. In other words, God's saying, I want you to set aside a certain time every year to seek me through prayer and fasting. And the reason that you're going to do this, it's for self-examination and for consecration unto the Lord. That it's going to be a time we come to God and say, God, I'm doing a spiritual checkup on myself. What better thing could we do going into 2019 than say, God, I'm going to do a spiritual checkup on myself. Do I love you the same way I loved you when I first met you? Is my passion still there? Did 2018 just fall off the the, the wagon wheels that, that God, I've kind of lost my passion for the things of God, right? Are you at that place? How's your worship? You ask that question. How's my desire to worship, to read God's Word, to to open my heart to what He has for me? Does my family see Jesus in me? If you don't know, ask them. They'll be glad to tell you, I'm sure, right? Am I negative? Do I find myself being ugly towards people or or gossiping towards people? God, I come to You this one day fast. We should probably do it a lot. Maybe once a month. God, I come to You for self-examination. Search me and know my heart. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, as I chase after, as I chase after you. The fourth fast I want to mention is Judges 20. Uh, this is one you definitely need to go read and study more. There's not even enough time in the day for us to talk all the way about this. And I'll summarize what took place. God told the children of Israel to go fight uh, the, the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, they, were, they were impure. It came to a place where God was about to judge this group of people. So the people of Israel come to God and say, well, are you ready for us to go? Should we go now? And and God says, yes, go now. And they go out and fight this great battle and they lost 22,000 men. Now let me me think about this story for a second. God told them to go out and do it and they lost 22,000 men. If you're on the outside looking in, you would say absolute disaster. Absolute joke. They come home crying, weeping, tail between their legs like a dog, and, and they're just broken. 
And they come to God again, and I'm summarizing this big time, and they say, man, should we, should we go out again and try to fight the, the Benjamites? God says, you need to go. Go do it. And they went out to fight the Benjamites again, and they lost 18,000 18, more men. 40,000 men in just a couple days. Gone. Gone. And then we read the story in Judges 20, verse 26, towards the end of this area. It says, then all the Israelites and the whole army went up to Bethel. Imagine just how broken they would have been. And there they sat weeping before the Lord. Probably an understatement. And then it says they fasted that day until evening and presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. And you read on the story and they went out and completely annihilated and destroyed the enemy. What's this about? I think something you can walk away from this particular story and say is never step into a battle. Never step into this huge directional change in your life. Never step into this maybe even new job without laying it on the foundation of a day of fasting and prayer. Some of you may be facing some battles right now. There's maybe nothing greater you can do to launch out of 2019 than to put it on the foundation of fasting and prayer. The 5th, 6th, and 7th one we'll go through quick. 1 Kings 21, 27-29. Story of King Ahab, extremely wicked. A prophet prophesied over him, hey, the dogs are going to lick up your blood that rattled King Ahab to the core during this time. And it says in, in Scripture that he actually uh, had a repentant heart. He humbled himself. But I want to ask a question for a second with this particular fast that we see take place. Of how many of you know somebody that, that knows God? Uh, they know about the things of God. Maybe they were even once in church, but they absolutely are not walking with God right now. Prayer and fasting is not just personalized for our own gain, but we often pray and fast sometimes, many times, for, for other people. And it says in the story, King Ahab, uh, he humbled himself, began to fast, and God said to the wicked man, because he's humbled himself, I will not bring disaster on this day. I will lift the judgment. Some of you, I know I do, I got a short list of those that are family, friends, loved ones that they know of God. They may even dabble with God once in a while, but they absolutely are not following God. And this 21 days for me is going to be an opportunity for me to intercede on their behalf. God, give them more time so that they can hear about Jesus. God, put them in opportunities and put them around people where they can hear about Jesus. How many of you by a raise of hands would say, you know, somebody lost in your life that you want them to come to Christ and follow Jesus. Just raise your hand. There's a, there's a ton of them. Man, what a gift you can give them over the next 21 days to pray and to fast on their behalf. The sixth fast we're going to talk about quickly is the 40-day fast. Jesus did a 40-day fast. We're only doing 21. This is for the, 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 uh, the amateurs coming out, right? Jesus did the full 40-day He's baptized. God says, man, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Let's send him out to preach and heal and do all these things. No, 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 no. That's not what happens first. The Holy Spirit leads him out into the wilderness, right? And for there he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And was it a, a walk in the park? It wasn't. The enemy, the enemy attacked him, tempted him over and over again. Jesus died to flesh. 
And he was filled with the Holy Spirit during this time. Towards the end, the Bible says the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. And Jesus returned to Galilee with the power of the Holy Spirit. Fasting was a way for Jesus to declare mastery over his human nature and to rely only and always on the Holy Spirit and the Father. Jesus modeled that to us. It's something that we're called to as well. To win the battle over the flesh. Fasting's tough. You're going to have moments where you're going to be tempted throughout the fast to, man, there's the biggest donut right there that looks so good, right? Or maybe it's going to be something much grander than a donut in front of you. The enemy will creep in, and you'll try to, there'll be a spiritual battle between the flesh and the spirit. And in that moment, man, lean into Christ. Lean into Christ. Defeat the enemy with Scripture. And lastly, I want to share the last one before we jump into Holy Communion. Is the very first fast found in the Bible in Genesis 24. One of the first ones we see, we see a single person, it's appropriate, looking for a wife, right? You know the story, go read it. We can't dive into it all. Isaac, looking for a wife. Abraham wants something good to happen. Christian Mingle wasn't around. So he tells the servant of Abraham, his, his top servant, Eleazar, that man, that you need to help out in this situation. If you read, he gathered at the table and he pushed it away and he fasted for a day and he found him a wife. And her name was Rebecca. You know that story, don't you? Isaac and Rebecca. Church, there's probably not, as parents and grandparents in here, any greater gift that we could give our children and our grandchildren than to pray for their future spouse. Uh, maybe you're in here today and you've never done that. And over the next 21 days, no matter how young or how old they may be, maybe your children are married and off to pray for their marriages. Because there's an enemy lurking. And he wants to destroy them left and right. And it seems so often he's winning. But what a gift you can give your children and your grandchildren over these next 21 days of dying to flesh. And instead of indulging, I'm going to indulge in the things of Christ. I'm going to lift up my grandchildren and my children and their marriages and their relationships that are coming up. And my own, right? Isaiah 58, I close with these last couple passages. It says, when you fast, you will raise up a foundation for many generations. If 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the what chapter? Anybody know? The love chapter, right? Then Isaiah 58 is the fasting chapter. Go read it. Write it down. A whole bunch of stuff in there that God wants to tell us. And how many of you say well, there's parents in the room or grandparents in the room? Raise your hand for a second. Listen to this passage again. It says, when you fast, you will raise up a foundation for many generations. What would it be like over the next 21 days for a group of people, hundreds of CCCers, to say, you know what, i got my shortcomings. Believe me, I've got my failures, right? But I love my kids. I absolutely love my grandchildren. And I'm going to go before the Lord every morning, every night, whatever that time is that you choose, and I'm going to shout out their name before God. I'm going to say, God, be with them. God, grow them. God, put relationships around them that point them towards Christ. And Isaiah 58 says, when you fast, you will raise up a foundation for many generations. What would it look like parents and grandparents to lay that foundation, start it, Many of you have been doing incredible at starting it long ago of laying a foundation for your children. I close with Jesus' words teaching on fasting and then we're going to partake in Holy Communion. 
Jesus talks about fasting in, in Matthew 6. The Pharisees, he's really pointing at them. Everything they would do, they would do it for a pat on the back, for show, to be seen, to be great. And then Jesus says this about fasting in Matthew 6, 16 through 18. It says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Jesus says, you know what their reward is? They were seen. Congratulations, Pharisees. You were seen showing everybody that you were fasting. Your your reward is over. And then he goes on and he says, uh, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. We're not walking around with a big blinker on our head over the next 21 days and saying, I'm fasting. Look at me. This is great. And telling everybody about it. And then it goes on that says, but to only your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know what we're declaring truly over the next 21 days? God, I want you to increase big time in my life. And I need to decrease big time in my life. In 2019, it's yours. My life is yours. I'm so excited for us as a body to go through this. For those you may choose to, again, fast so many other things but food because you can't. But I encourage you to take it serious. Go back and read these great stories and fast of the Bible. God, thank you for your word. We're not fasting to get an arm up or a leg up or just to get ahead. We're fasting because we long to know you more. I love the question you asked in Zechariah 7.5. Why in the world are you fasting? Why are you doing it? It's a great question for us. And God, we want to do it because we want to know your will and your ways and your heart. We know only when we get that right will we get everything else right. God, we want you to be first. And God, we declare in this moment as you are our sustainer. And we thank you for what you did on the cross. It's in your name we pray. Amen.